Treasure seekers, explorers and rule breakers out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke, and today we're approaching the concept of resistance. Resistance in terms of mindfulness is where we resist the lesson that we're supposed to learn in any given experience. So we can resist by taking action, that's not based on our intuition, but rather fear or just analyzing our external environment without any addressing any of the internal factors. But also resistance can be doing nothing. So by doing nothing, we expect nothing to happen. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. Doing nothing, everything around you still moves on. And time is linear in this experience. So sitting down time still gonna tick we work with these concepts every day in our coaching workshops at the alchemy experience and uh, if you're interested in exploring it further as uh, to what it means to you then uh, please do contact us for a 30 minute free consultation and you can reach us through the alchemy experience.co.uk so now let's uh, dive deep with our audience members diving deep into the concept of resistance. Enjoy! Welcome everybody. And um, as always, a quote today is from Lao Tzu. Life is a series of natural and spontaneous changes. Don't resist them. That only creates sorrow. Let reality be reality. Let things flow naturally forward in whatever way they like. Life on the outside is not something we have control over. And when we try to control it, that's when we create or experience resistance, as it were. So I've always found that trusting my intuition to take the right action. And right action is something that's talked about in uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, Vedic traditions. and it is basically a a process where you use your intuition to take action so just taking action for the purpose of taking action is not always the best strategy uh taking action can in itself be resistance life changes and evolves and move forward even if we sit idle So you can sit on your sofa at home and think that, you know, if I just sit here and I don't do anything, nothing will happen. You know, I will will be protected. The fact of the matter is that everything around us is evolving and moving and shaking and happening, even if we don't do anything. So not doing anything could also be resistance. So now it's getting very complicated. (laughs) and so i've come up with a bit of a metaphor and bear with me and we can uh, tear it apart and discuss it as we go forward but uh, so if you watch a stick move down or a leaf or something move down the flow of a river it flows with the water around most obstacles now you notice there's a branch up ahead in the path of this leaf or uh, stick And you know that once it reaches that, it's going to get stuck. So now you have a choice. 
you can help the stick or the leaf move around the obstacle, or you can let it get, uh, get caught in the obstacle. And this is where you might not see what's further down the river. There might be something even worse down the river. So if you save it from this branch, there might be something even worse down the river. So is the leaf or the stick supposed to get stuck in the branch or is it supposed to be saved by you? So now if as you're surveying, standing off uh, to the side or standing above the river, you're able to see the biggest stretch of the river as it were. So all it would take for you is to put the finger in the water in front of the, in the path of this leaf or stick as it's moving down to help them move around. So not much of an action at all. Point is that you're, since you're able to not engage with the, the stick itself, you're able to see the whole picture and you're able to take exactly the right action that you're supposed to take. And you, by having a, the clarity to understand and see the whole, whole picture, you're using your intuition for what's, what's right for the leaf or the stick. So I hope that makes some sense in terms of the coming to right action. So now in terms of resistance, what it is, and I've touched on a, a bit already, it's, you know, what happens is if we use information that is right in front of us and we take action on it, then that might be resistance because we're not taking in the whole picture. We're acting out of impulse or we're acting based on emotions. Uh, and we're trying to manipulate experiences to avoid the lesson, perhaps. That's a form of resistance. Um, and trusting only what appears in front of us would be resistant. So now we'll talk a little bit about other types of resistance where you the choice might be a little more difficult, uh, a little bit further down. But Let's just talk about resistance as the simple uh, acts of not doing something or acting when it's not the right action. Well, I think that what you're talking about of where you, it's like kind of like the Yoda thing of the do or do not, there is no try. It's basically in the, in the same way of the fact that there's, I mean, if you're speaking of the fact that sitting on your ass on the couch, basically things are going to be resistance and then if you also take action to force things and it's also taking action and resistance as well. But I think what you're talking about, the intuition portion of it is really the most important part and that you really just follow your inner guidance. And if you really check in each time with your inner guidance as to, is this true, necessary, kind, as we've talked about before, mm -hmm. and you allow your, your intuition to be your guidance, then you allow that to be your GPS and you don't ever waver from that. And it becomes a different kind of a form where you can't be in resistance if you're following your inner guidance. So therefore, and, and then the part of it as well is that you can be responsible for your part of it, but you can't also be responsible for the part that other people engage with you in as well. So that's the most important thing in the sense of where your guidance will be telling you one thing, 
but then you could have a whole group of people that you're working with in, a, in an organization where there's 50 executives, but they all have their own inner guidance and their own inner information as well too. So you do the very best based on the information that you have and then whatever results that you get back, then you engage with that fully. Um, and you don't ever tell your guidance that it was wrong because otherwise you will no longer get that guidance to be able to continue practicing it. No, absolutely. The, now the guidance that we get and compared to others get, obviously we have to find some sort of a balance there, but, and that's where the, the function of right action comes in. Um, so what we see, I mean, I've noticed in my own experience that sometimes when I come up against obstacles or challenges, a lot of times just sitting back and allowing things to unfold will allow things to flow much smoother. I'm, I'm engaging my, I'm allowing myself to engage with the lesson and that then allows things to unfold and flow much smoother. Um, so, totally. and, and it's, it is having that intu intuitive knowledge or intuitive sensitivity to know when when we are supposed to take action take action uh, as opposed to just sit back and allow things to unfold and if mm -hmm. we take action what type of action we're supposed to take mm -hmm. and that's going to change depend i might be up against the situation today where i have an option to take action or i have an option to allow things to unfold because that that could also be the intuitive um, channel or uh, message now tomorrow this uh, the the circumstances are going to have changed so if i decide to sit back and uh, allow things to unfold tomorrow my the actions i can take to make uh, take right action are going to be completely different because now pe other people's set of opportunities or options are going to have changed and their motives are going to have changed motives are going to be a huge factor in this and predominantly checking in with your own motives what are your motives for taking action what are your motives for not taking action right i was going to say in, in along the lines of what you were talking about and and allowing and being in that space of do you take action or do you not take action? Um, I think allowing ourselves the, the space around it. Um, I think a lot of times what contributes to resistance or what I found for my own self is having so much jammed on my calendar that I don't even allow myself the headspace to actually um, have that allowance come into play. So I think that's a big part of it too. And as you were talking, it made me think of even when you lose something, you know, and you're you're looking everywhere and you're trying to find something, and you can't find it. When you take a step back and allow yourself that space, then all of a sudden, it's uh, you know, all of a sudden, you you find what it was that you were looking for that that seemed to have been lost. That's such an amazing feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think that applies to, you know, thoughts and feelings as well as objects that you might have lost. Yeah, I think 
when you experience that, it's such a good, um, such a good example of feeling intuition. So when when you do that, you kind of try to push something, and then you relax into it, and then you have your answer. I always go and I say thank you, thank you, thank you, and I really feel into it because the, then you know if I feel into it, then I'm going to allow that. Uh, experience to come back again and that that's a good way to actually strengthen your relationship with your intuition <laughs> so i see a very strong correlation between resistance and fear because whether you're like sitting back slacking off um or you're trying too much in terms of controlling outcomes it really is about an um, underlying aversion to change and that is where i think fear is driving the driving force behind resistance that is um, very much my my perception of it too. Yes, so <laughs> you can have the fear of fear of change, and you decide to do nothing, or you have fear of change, and you try to do everything to stop it. Um, exactly, it just shows up differently, basically, for different people. Yeah, absolutely, and it's um, whether it's have the fear of uh, moving into to the path where you are supposed to go. Um, because it is something that is unbeknownst to you or unfamiliar with you, uh, to you. Yes. You may resist that because you just simply don't, don't know it and it's scary, right? So I totally get that. Barbie, go ahead. Um, yesterday we were on a call with Vision and he was talking about a book called The Business Factor and it was stating the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs when they keep their day jobs oftentimes can be more successful because they're not having that fear of figuring out where their bills come from. So everything else is kind of extra. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about with motives. I have a question, just kind of put in a monkey wrench and a devil's advocate question. If you're absolutely following your guidance, then I don't know where the human motives come in. Because if you truly are focusing on your guidance, and as you said, you continue to trust it like a muscle and you keep asking your guidance to give you guidance as to what the next step is, and you keep without fail following your guidance so then you're no longer in resistance to whatever it is because a lot of times my guidance tells me stuff that i don't want to do my guidance oftentimes tells me things i'm not feeling or i don't want to do so therefore that's also in some ways it's like i almost feel like i get into resistance from my guidance but by the same token i follow my guidance without fail no matter what so it continues to give me that guidance that i can trust so how do you then rectify the concept of, because I think motives come from human aspect, not from your inner guidance, et cetera. So that's just a question that I would posit. Yeah, no, that's very much so. Uh, motivation is when, you, when you're uncertain of which way to go and you, you're not in, in touch with your intuition as it were, then you would default to your motivation so where, where does the the yearning for action does that come from a place of retribution does it come from a place of compassion where does it come from and that will then give you a clue to because whenever you start to look inside yourself then you start to connect with your intuition but if you have no no uh, frame of reference to do that, then looking at your motivation will then help you to, uh, it's like the breadcrumbs, right? 
yeah, I think intuition is really, really important. Uh, what I'm struggling with is, you know, conflicting beliefs, because a lot of these beliefs are totally unconscious. So this inner turmoil then, where I'm thinking, you know, is this, you know, as two things I can see are right for me, and I get trapped in the societal norms and expectations, which makes it really hard to follow my intuition. But even if I do, it can change. And it's the, the uh, these unconscious drivers, you know, I'm often struggling with. Yes, and I think that's because we can, sometimes we can, as you say, we can have the intuition, intuition can give us a couple of different options. You know, these are different possibilities that you can uh, pursue. I think for me, most of the time, the, I get one, if I ask a question to my intuition, I get one, one answer, but that's applicable to the circumstances as they are now. Now, because there are other forces, other energies in motion around the experience. If I ask the same question a week from now, basically I've done nothing with it and ask a question a week from now, the intuitive answer is going to, might very well be very different. At that point, it might be, well, now you've sat on your ass for a week. Now you can't do anything. Now you have to remain and just let things unfold. You missed your boat, sorry. <laughs> and yeah, the getting in touch with our intuition is a process of allowing ourselves to completely be open and uh, free to choose what we want to choose without any uh, burden from our societal expectations or programming or whatever whatever it may be um, so if we still have that as a motivation then that's part of our check checking our motivation right so if if um you have your intuition says that you should uh, move to spain and your family is in scotland but your your drive is so strong to move to spain then that then you have to make the choice right so what's going to be right for you at that particular time now society says that you should stay with your family in scotland but your drive says to move to spain you don't know why it says that and now if you follow your intuition without questioning then you would do that right so yeah it is it is that uh, uh, quandary, isn't it? So uh, to Marita's point, it's about social convention and social expectations. Um, I, I don't suffer from that too much anymore, but I occasionally do. You know, we're all part of our communities and have been brought up with certain rules. Um, the, the, what I find helps me to let go of that and to be able to gain my balance again, and my objectivity and tap into my intuition is to remind myself that all the rules 
we live by, bar the natural rules, all of them are arbitrary. There is not one that is actual, apart from, as I said, all the natural rules, you know, about love, compassion, breathing, existing, you know, all of these uh, natural ones. Apart from that, someone has decided at some point that it was a valuable rule. It's up to you to look at that rule and decide if it is valuable for you, then you pick and choose. Once you've looked at it carefully and decided that it's not yours or it's not something you want as yours, it gives you that freedom to be able to momentarily tap in and to identify what is really for you. Yeah, and it, it might be might very well be that the reason that you're coming up against that rule is to test your resistance with it, right? Yeah, rephrase that. So if you're if you come up against the societal rule, it might uh, and you give resistance to it by giving into it, or you give resistance to it by breaking it. It, it is a test to see where you want to go with that rule. It's, uh, exactly. And, that and that's when you have to take the opportunity to, to, to have a good look at it, see if it's something you still want as a parameter, uh, if it's something that suits you intuitively or naturally, and then, you know, make a choice. Yeah. Uh, once you've made a choice, it's no longer resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as uh, someone mentioned here on the chat, uh, yes, it is what the vision talks about, the bullshit rules that we, we mention quite frequently on here too, that uh, the rules that you're no longer, that don't not, no longer resonates with you, that you can let those go, and those are bullshit rules, as it were. So you reminded me of a quite fantastical story. Um, after I graduated from college, I was engaged and I was working at a boring job as a claims adjuster for an insurance company. And I thought to myself, there's no way in hell I can work in an insurance company for the rest of my life. So I literally had guidance that told me that I needed to go and look in the newspaper. And I looked in the newspaper and I had what I would consider actual like guidance has stated no look here 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 and I saw teach English in South Korea I was in California my whole life was very very already kind of scripted and I thought what the hell is that about there's no way I'm going to do that and I contacted the person they said yep we need somebody within the next month I got my um my visa I got my credential to do so I got my contract and my family dropped me off at Los Angeles airport we went to Noah's bagels and I got a bagels and lox cream cheese bagel and the next thing you know I'm flying over the freaking you know Pacific on a 14-hour flight to Korea going like what in the hell just happened I was like pinching myself going like what is this this is insane what what am I doing but by the same token I was so completely 100% in alignment with the fact that my inner guidance was accurate I was totally in resistance myself, but my guidance told me that this is what I needed to do. And so I spent almost a year in a country in the 1990s, nobody spoke English at all. So I had to basically adapt myself to learning Korean and learning all these different things. I had 
over 200 kids from kindergarten to 10th grade every day. A lot of the experience was amazing. A lot of the experience was not. But by the same token, that is a perfect example of the sense of where when you when you look at your guidance and you follow it no matter what, it will take you. So you're you're describing the, you know, you're supposed to go to Spain, but your family is in Scotland or wherever. To most people, it seems like it's complete insanity. Like, what the hell do you mean you're moving to Spain? But I did that for a year and it ended up being a very transformative year. And I ended up working with a lot of Asian populations that I understood the culture from a particular different perspective because I'd lived it on a day-to-day basis rather than reading Mm. about it in guidebooks. Mm. So that was a perfect example of something of where I totally trusted my intuition, but I still was actually questioning myself, like, am I crazy? Because that was so not even like just a little bit of a choice. That was like a major, major choice, but I followed it to a T. So I don't waver from my intuition. No, that's very true and you you do get to experience a lot of the fantastical things that way and uh when you sit on that plane you start questioning yourself i've done it myself i moved to america this similar way um met my wife in january of 98 and we were married four months later and uh, off on the plane to america where i'd never been i was um <laughs> experienced the uh, and uh you know, to spend <laughs> a good portion of my life over there. So, uh, but you, when you have that feeling, it's also a tremendous feeling of freedom. Yes. Right. So, Marita, you have your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I love that story, Barbie. That's really, really amazing. I, to, a few things come to mind is firstly that the courage that is needed to follow your intuition despite of all the societal rules and expectations. But secondly, it's the trust. You know, you said that, Barbie, as well. You need to, to trust your intuition. Um, and I, I think there is something, and for me personally, I always want to already have achieved the goal, you know, and it's hard to go through the process. And I guess to, to build that trust, we have to listen to it and do it. And then we get that sense, you know, is this trial and error approach. Uh, because sometimes we have internal voices that we might mistake for our intuition when it's really not. Mm-hmm. And I think to suss out what voice is it, where is it coming from, I think it takes time and it's a process. Um, and sometimes we can get derailed with that. That is totally right. Um, the, the voice inside, and I usually, I usually describe it as your mind is loud, brash, and a bit of a bully uh, and wants you to take action. Um, to me, my intuition gives me a very neutral statement and uh, comes through in a very soft and gentle way, but uh, very in a very, shall we say, obvious way. Uh, but it's it doesn't tell me what to do it gives me a scenario and then uh, it's up to me to decide which way and then i i kind of get that gentle nudge uh, to follow along uh, a path um it doesn't say you need to do this or you will lose your livelihood it, it wouldn't post it like that because that would be your mind the the or else statement that would be your mind 
you know, do not move to Spain because your family will disown you. That's your mind, right? Your intuition would say, move to Spain. And then it's up to you to decide whether that's a good or a bad thing. It's like they say, good thing, bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, what I was going to say is in along with intuition is um, maybe asking your guidance for, for signs on what you're to do um, and, and paying attention to those signs and letting them help guide you towards what you're to be doing. Um, when Barbie was sharing her story about going to uh, Korea, it brought me to an experience that I had where all of a sudden I had all of these signs that that came in front of me uh, to go to South Africa and take a trip. I mean, I didn't go to uh, to live there or teach or anything like that. I, I took a trip there um, with a group of people that I didn't know and left my husband at the time and and my kids to go. And it was not anything that I ever would have thought that I, I would have done and try and explain to somebody why I did that. There was no explaining it. Um, but for me, the, the signs came up to me and uh, I had a friend at the time that said, well, I, I wouldn't know to look for the signs if they, unless they smacked me between the eyes. And uh, I said, well, they did. <laughs> like there was, there was just no mistaking it. And so I think that that's part of tapping into your intuition is looking at, at the signs that come to you as well and, and paying attention to those. Yes, and uh, I apologize to anyone who's uh, in the insurance industry. Barbie meant no offense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, a claim rep, um, but you know, everybody's <laughs> on their own path. Right. There's exactly. people that are in insurance and, and love it. And uh, and that's their path. And it's different for everybody. But the uh, the um, taking action, taking right action and following your intuition uh, is a powerful thing. Because when you do it, it totally empowers you because it feels so right. And like Brenda was saying, you know, leaving husband and kids and shooting off on on um, on your intuition that you can't explain to anybody is a very brave thing to do. It does take courage, and that's exactly what I was saying before. the The societal norms would prevent you from doing that, but following you in the guidance takes you down that route right yeah it was actually the most amazing thing that I've ever done like it it led me on a, a totally different path in my life um yeah it following that like following my intuition and and the signs that came with it although it was a really courageous thing to do um I I would never changed it for the world like it no, was the most I'm amazing experience I'm sure. And uh, <clears throat> so Sukun so uh, pointed out here, we should talk about uh, what you resist uh, will persist. So if you take a situation like uh, uh, oh, both Brenda and uh, my own and uh, Barbie's 
experiencing with traveling traveling halfway halfway around the world on a of a piece of intuition if you resist that then there is it's going to come around again so whatever you were supposed to learn from that experience will then come around again it's the karmic energy so if if you resist uh, a lesson a life lesson in, in an experience say for example uh, abandonment so if you resist moving through that in an experience it's going to show up again so what you resist you, uh, will persist is that what you were looking for second yeah it's interesting and it's really funny because say for example i like pink i love pink but i absolutely cannot stand blue so i'm resisting blue and somehow from what i've experienced in my life i will end up attracting blue more than pink because i think there's such a strong energy i'm like what the hell it's really annoying i'm like hey i still like something but no like i'll only get what i do not like so on your i want your views on this from energetic perspective how is like how does resisting something overpower what you actually like if that makes sense and does anyone else relate to this i i used to have a standing joke that if i said something i'm never going to do that i ended up doing it <laughs> You know, when I was a kid, I we used to have these terrible English soap operas on the Swedish TV. And mm. it was always gray and rainy and terrible, <laughs> terrible weather. I was like, I'm never moving to England. Here I am, you know, X number of years <laughs> later, and I've lived here three times, and I'm now uh, uh, raising my children in this country. Um, I always said, I'm never, I'd like to go and visit America, but I'll never move there. Uh, lo and behold, I lived there for six years. Um, <laughs> so... Yes, what you resist will persist. So if you focus on something, whether that being positive or negative, you feed into the energy that this is something I'm focusing on. This is something I'm resonating with. It doesn't matter if you're resonating with it because you don't like it or, or you like it. The universe has, is going to serve up whatever it is that you're resonating with. So mm -hmm. if, if you are being negative in your mindset and approaching things from that perspective the universe will say okay well you want to experience some of this here you go here's more blue for you now if you want to experience less blue as it were using this example you need to understand your relationship with blue you need to understand what is it about blue that triggers you and why do you have this aversion? Once you figure that out, mm. then you don't need to focus on, on it anymore because then you've resolved it. Sure. And you've healed it. So then you're not resisting anymore and therefore it won't persist. That makes sense. Well, it does. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, Marita. Yeah, I was actually just going to say something very similar. It, it is the intensity and, and the amount of energy we put onto anything uh, that then reflects back to us, whether it's positive or negative. It's like the unconscious mind can't understand, no, it is just something is there or it's not. And it's like our focus is this enormous superpower. Whatever we focus on, we get more of. Uh, and I guess stuff we resist, sometimes we put so much more energy into the resistance 
rather than into what we actually want. So we get more mm. of what we don't want because the resistance is so much energy in that. Uh, and, and yeah, and that's why we get more of that. And that's why it persists if you resist it. It's much easier to pour your energy into something that you don't want than to something you want because what you don't want, you've already experienced. So you, you are familiar with it and you have an intimate relationship with what you don't, you don't actually want. So it's easier to relate to what you don't want. What you want might still be out of your grasp as it were. So uh, tapping into that and building a relationship with that is going to be more challenging. That is why the personal growth path is challenging <laughs> in that respect. So go ahead, Chantal. So uh, Marita and, and you, uh, Christopher, That's me. I, I, in the same way, I'm thinking when we think and focus on the something we don't want, it is a powerful, it reminded me, uh, Christopher, because you talked about you, I would never go to the US and then or to the UK and now I'm living here and bring up my kids. I used to say, there's a man for me out there, but I'll never meet him because he'll be across an ocean. And, and he was. And, and, but, but I distinctly connected to what you said and remembered that when I would say that, that man energy that I was connecting to was very strong in my desire, though I would just soon after negate what, what I just experienced in the energy as that man is out there for me, but I'll never meet him. Yeah. That but I'll never meet him was, it was not equal in vibration. No. And so that power of that man, I will, and you know, and it's been 23 years and, and it's like it's been yesterday and we're still happy and it's still fantastic. But I, I had that inspiration, that desire, that want for it. So apart from that want, what it did create, I believe, is that higher vibrational tone to those words or that thought or that intention. And so to go to your point, Sukun or Suku, sorry. Sukun, Sukun, that's fine. Is, yeah. You know, even if we're talking about a color, um, if, if, if there's a, an energy that it generates that is so much more powerful than the pink, because you take pink for granted that you like it, it's yours, it's part of my life, I want it, it's fine. It's a lot less powerful because it's established. Whereas the blue one is, oh my God, I can't deal with it. And you're increasing its vibrational tone, in fact, its, its, its energetic quality and bringing it up. So it links into what Christopher was saying as well about the karmic law and the, you know, uh, uh, put whatever words you want onto it, but it has a definite more intense quality than your pink. So yeah, the solution yeah. would be potentially to go with what people were saying about thinking positive in that vein is to increase the vibration of your pink. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. What is it that you want to counteract with or what would you prefer rather than not counteract? Just 
focus on what you would prefer and, and enjoy that preference. Or it might be that your intuition though is uh, pushing you towards blue and uh, you just don't know that you like blue yet. So that's, that's another good point. Yeah. That, is, that is why you have to uh, engage with it and understand what the journey is with the blue, yeah. to use that uh, analogy. I have one more point, if I yep. may, about mm -hmm. uh, resistance. I tend to resist a lot. And then suddenly I get a moment of clarity and it's like, why am I resisting? But I realize that my resistance is a tool. I use it quite a lot. So earlier, Christopher, you were mentioning you follow the nudge and kind of go with that. My experimentation is if I resist, I want, I try it a little bit and I try a little bit more. And then where there's a resistance, I stop, look at it and decide, do I listen to the resistance or do I move in the other path? So it's almost like I use the resistance to slow down my flow. If we're going to take the analogy of the river. Yes, and I'll come to you in a second, Barbie. I just want to address that as it's fresh in my mind. And this is where your intuition will, you have to have that relationship with your intuition, right? So some, if I ask my intuition, what should I do here? It gives me a suggestion. It gives me a, a advice. And then I will ask, I can ask, should I move on it now? Like this morning, I had this epiphany, like when I was in meditation, it was a, essentially a download of this charitable idea. And it was so strong, it was so vivid. And the whole system, quite a complex system that needed to kind of come together was all downloaded. It was all ready, it was like ready plan. Um, now, I have a lot on my plate right now. So I have to ask my uh, intuition or my higher self or my guides, okay, is this some, something I need to move on right now? Or is this something that you're sending me as, as in preparation for something else? So that, that's when you can end up, okay, I need to move forward a little bit on it until my intuition or my guides say, this is good. You can hold off on it for a bit now and then just let things unfold and then take action again. So you, you kind of ride the waves as it were. And sometimes you're going to be down kind of in the, in the quiet part of it. And then sometimes you're going to be up, you know, action full, full steam ahead. Yeah. I tend to uh, not go looking for my intuition, which I need to develop, but because I just wait for the right sign. I just, <laughs> I just expect it's gonna happen. So I do that, but you're right. I think it's time for me and probably- It's the, it's the, it's the right action. That's right. It's tapping into intuition and the right action. Yeah. Cause they, they not always in agreement. So, <laughs> or they, 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 intuition will not always give you the full story. Um, well, I was going to mention the concept of preference, but I think a lot of it too is, <clears throat> I mean, I guess you're, you're blessed to have a, a gentle and subtle intuition. Mine is absolutely positively not. I get five <laughs> words and it's do and you better do. 
So, and I've learned to trust that over the last 25 years. So that's something of where each one of us has our own path. We have our own spirit guides. We have our own things that we have, but I think a lot of it is really shifting into instead of, you know, when we're talking about colors, instead of basically having the aversion to blue, it's embracing it. And I know that I had an intuitive life coaching um, client who had skin cancer and he had 32 stitches in his neck that he thought was just very, very mild. And he was having a gray pallor and I didn't think he was doing well. So I told him, you need to wear blood red, like shirts, you need to wear blood red shirts. You need to like surround yourself with a blood red blanket. And he kept saying, I don't like red. And I said, well, your guidance doesn't give a shit whether or not you like red or not. You need to be able to surround yourself about what healthy blood looks like when you're going through this medical procedure and you need to wear it for five days and surround yourself with it. And so um, his wife contacted me and said, does he really need to wear it? Because he ended up being okay. Does he really need to wear it for the next couple of days? And I said, yes, that's what my guidance told me, five days and then he'll be done. And he went back and forth with uh, a week later when he wasn't wearing red, he wasn't doing so well. And I said, yep, back to two days of red that you need to wear. And it ended up being that it worked out for him. But then <clears throat> the last time I saw him with his wife that they were shopping, what was he wearing? A blood red t-shirt, which <laughs> I said, hey, I thought you didn't like red. And he goes, well, you know, the more time I spent with red, the more I kind of liked it because it was a vibrant mm -hmm. color, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the kind of stuff too of where that's the the Ken Honda opening yourself to the money container. That's the Christy Marie Sheldon opening yourself to the what would it takes. That's the Reverend Michael Beckwith, um, you know, the law of residence of, you know, why am I so-and-so and et cetera, et cetera. So again, you can use your resistance as a tool, but if you get to the point of where you 100% without fail, trust that your guidance is 100% there for you, you follow what it is. And that is like what I go back to. It's the do or do not with the Yoda concept. And, and really, really training it like a laser is actually something that's really, really important because yes, your little self, your, your mental self oftentimes does not prefer the things that your guidance wants you to do. But by the same token, it's okay, which one is for your highest good? And then you need to make that decision for yourself. But you get the opportunity or the luxury to be able to decide whether or not you wanna follow your guidance. My guides are like, if you don't follow what we do, we're not gonna continue telling you what we need to tell you for intuition. So that's, that's where my experience is personally. Well, you got a harsh team, don't you, Barbie? <laughs> yeah, they're ass kickers, but you know what? They work. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, I think the more you tap into your intuition and the more you listen to your guides, uh, they, it will be like that. And I, but I will say, certainly my, my guides and my intuition is a lot softer. I mean, they, it's assertive and forceful in that this is how it is but it's, it's not going to say you have to do this because there's always um, always free will. So um, yeah, you, know, you end up with all sorts of personalities even on, uh, on that side of things. So I appreciate that, Barbie. Thank you. <laughs> Give a little, uh, a little uh, nuance to uh, what, what I said. I appreciate that. Thank you. So we had someone here just, um, uh, well, there were a few comments, but uh, so... Uh, what what is our take on something a situation that is not one is not specifically focusing on uh, and maybe not think of, at all about and it keeps coming back uh, well that's your karmic energy and that could be stuck in your energy field it could be stuck in your uh, uh, subconscious it's not something that you hold in your in your conscious mind uh, as it were uh, but it could be a 
trauma from your childhood or what have you. And uh, because it is unresolved, it tries keeps trying to get your attention. And if you keep ignoring it and you resist it, as in you're not engaging with learning and understanding the lesson and thus healing the trauma, it's going to come back trying to get your attention. So again, what you resist will persist. So I hope that answers the question, Iris. And then also we had, uh, where was um, so serendipity in, uh, and intuition. Serendipity is when you resonate, well, say for example, these cases of uh, the travels, things show up in your life and they, they are the signs that point you in the direction of the path that your intuition wants you to go. So it's, I personally believe that we have, you know, we show up in this life, each lifetime with a set of uh, things that we're supposed to learn or karmic energy we're supposed to resolve or um, a particular life purpose, uh, what, what it might be. And if we keep ignoring it, time is going to run short, right? So after a while, <laughs> it, it, the universe will get kind of forced for, hey, you've got a contract here, you've got to do these things. Uh, this is what you signed up for. And if you are going to, and then serendipity is going to become more and more forceful uh, and your intuition is going to become more and more forceful. Um, so I don't know, is, Barbie, is that your, perhaps your experience that these things are showing up for you because, or so forceful because they really need you to do it now? Yeah, and ultimately that's the part too about being able to know that you're the co-creator of all this beautiful stuff that your guides want to help you out with. So therefore, in the sense of where you might go like, eh, I don't want to do that. But by the same token, you know, my experience in Korea was so fantastical in so many ways. I mean, being in 1994 in the interior of Korea, I felt like I just hit the set of Blade Runner. I mean, it was literally like just totally like I'd landed on a different planet. But being able to traverse that when you have those kind of experiences, as many of you guys know, when you travel, especially in a place where you're not familiar, you don't know the language, et cetera, you are so alive because you have to figure things out in a way that you normally don't have to. So again, it's like some of the people in chat said, I don't know how to trust my intuition. You test it and then you test it again and then you test it again and you test it again and you keep asking for the guidance and you keep asking for the guidance and you keep asking for the guidance and your guides, Christopher, are different than my guides and other people's guides are different than other people's. And that makes that there's absolutely no wrong way to do it. But if you continue to get those information pieces and you jot it down and say, oh, I followed my intuition and this happened in a positive way, then you can trust it for something a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. But what you're talking about also is the fact that if you don't trust your intuition, initially you're gonna have a little light tap on the shoulder that says, hey, by the way, you need to do this. And then maybe the next time it's a little bit more violent. And the next thing you know, you have a piano crash on the sidewalk next to you because you didn't pay attention to it. So that's also in the sense of where if you're gonna dabble in the intuitive arts and look into it, you also need to tell yourself that whatever information that you get, that you will trust it and you will follow through with it, even though sometimes the conventional wisdom doesn't always 
makes sense. It's that F the brawls, just get rid of the brawls and know, and that is part of the bending reality. That is really truly part of the bending reality because to other people, it looks completely like you've lost your marbles. But then when you have successes in a place where people say, how did you do that? It's like, cause I trusted my intuition. Yeah, but how did you do that? Cause I trusted my intuition. Yeah, but how did you do that? Cause I surrendered my resistance and I trusted my intuition. But to other people, they can't, they can't release that. They can't re release the resistance to the control. So it go goes back to the resistance as the gateway to the control and the fear. So it's just like, let it go. Just let it go, surrender. It reminds me of uh, these radical remission stories where the doctors have given people like two months to live and they go and try alternative healing methods or whatever it may be uh, and then come back to the doctor and uh, they're totally clear of their issues now the doctor chooses to proclaim it is a miracle as opposed to the actual healing uh, alternative healing working um, it's along those same lines right barbie absolutely because ultimately those kind of things i mean i've even told you personally that i've been told that there's a very good possibility that you know i don't have a really long lifespan is that true? I don't know. By the same token, it also means that if I have a certain opinion, the fact that I'm not going to live a long life, I mean, you've said that you think you're going to live to 130. That's the case. You have, you have so much time to go. So you can get, you can figure out all your lessons in the next, you've got 80 years to figure it out. But if I'm told that I don't have that much time, then I need to figure these things out fairly quickly. But yeah. by the same token, I don't know whether or not that's a false, uh, you know, pretense that's put out there, but it's something I've been given as guided. So if I have all this stuff that I want to share with the world that says, chop, chop, let's go, yeah. let's go do it. There's no time like the present. Let's go and do it. So, you know, maybe it's better to think you have 80 years or maybe it's better to think you have five. Or like you said, the people who, you know, they, they cure, they say, oh, you've got, you know, seven days to live or two years, et cetera. And the person's like, like Louise Hay was my first access into self personal growth because everybody she worked with in the 80s that had the HIV they didn't take medication they did affirmations and they lived three times longer than anyone taking any of the medications because they believed that they were worthy they re reassessed what they had to do so that's the part about it is that your intuition and your mind is so much more powerful than what other people tell you that you can or cannot do yeah and uh, there is so much power to it and really gratitude in terms of your uh, tapping into intuition is key because if you show gratitude to the situations when you when you have when you experience intuition and you act on it it's going to come back again because then you're you're acting from a uh, point of the uh, uh, the the law of resonance so what whatever you resonate with is going to be attracted to you right so it's, uh, it is a challenging subject with the intuition and resistance, but it comes down to not resisting your intuition, right? So it, once you don't resist it, then you allow the floodgates to open and you, you can tap into it and you can learn it more and more. Uh, now I wanted to talk about, and I'm surprised this hasn't come up yet as a question, but if you look at resistance uh, in the collective energy, and we're looking at uh, civic action, for example. So we have some uh, 
good role models, I think, in history and in present day as well, uh, with uh, with non-resistance to resolve um, the conflict. Right. So we got the Dalai Lama. We have uh, Martin Luther King. We got uh, Nelson Mandela, Indira Gandhi, uh, or Mahatma Gandhi. Sorry. Um, so these are different characters that gone went from a violent, rather violent uh, resistance to what they didn't want, to a, a, a non-resistance to what they didn't want. And they ended up getting what they wanted, right? So now in... I think there are some really good lessons there. And when I have private discussions and people ask me, so if we don't take action, then things are just going to remain the same. But I think it's showing up. You can still take action as long as it's right action. And your motivation is based on uh, love and compassion. Now, if you show up as a uh, role model, for everybody else to follow, then everybody will change and everything will change. So if you have a contentious situation in the, in the collective energy, as it were, or the collective consciousness, like we have in today's society, there's a lot of conflict um, in terms of butting heads and divisiveness and so forth. Um, if we engage, whether we are the antagonist or the protagonist, if we engage in either side, then we're just feeding into the conflict itself. So just showing up to say, we don't, I, I would like to see more unity. You don't have to take sides, right? and you are engaging to solve the problem. You are not trying to pro uh, solve the problem from one side or another. You're showing up to say, we want more unity, we want more compassion. And that's that would be your solution to it. Um, then you are taking right action and you're not resisting the... Uh, you're not resisting uh, the, the collective energy as it were. So I want to kind of give everybody an opportunity to just think about that. And uh, if anybody has any feedback on it, it'd be fantastic. Well, I think that a lot of times there are so many things of where even with it, it doesn't even have anything to do with political, but a lot of the things having to do with the lockdown, I think that just having recent news of knowing that schools aren't coming back until Easter, there doesn't really seem to be an end in sight. So for a lot of people, you know, our brain wants to wrap our heads around having some sort of a conflict resolved. And if there's just kind of like a, they just keep delaying and delaying and delaying and then delaying and then, oh yeah, well, we can't have this. And then we can't have that. And then, oh, it'll be an after Easter and then it'll be here. I think that's the, the restlessness of where I think a lot of people have this idea is kind of like the keep calm and carry on that they had back in, you know, Britain in the 1940s of if we're just good little citizens and we're good little soldiers, we'll just sit home and do everything we're supposed to do. 
everything will be fine. But by the same token, a lot of things are changing around them that maybe they wouldn't be aware of. So it's almost like that um, story of Rip Van Winkle. You know, he sits under the tree and he falls asleep, I don't know, for like 60 years. But he, when he wakes up, the whole world is a different place. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's like that kind of thing of where um, do people have an opinion? Do they go out and do something else to their opinion? Do they continue on or not? Um, I think a lot of times when there is that feeling of resistance that you're just supposed to kind of go on with, like you said, with the common, the collective consciousness of like, okay, we'll just, everybody will just be compliant and do everything that they've said that they'll do. But then they wake up and find that a lot of their um, previous assumptions of what they had as civil rights, et cetera, with even having to show, you know, passes that you've been vaccinated or whether or not you've had this or that, those end up becoming, you know, big, big deal for people because they're, mm -hmm. They're thinking that if they kind of like hunker down in their homes, everything will be fine. But it's 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 like like my grandmother in Oklahoma. You know, they had those uh, those um, bunkers down underneath when the tornadoes would come through, and you would basically go down into the tornado bunker, and then when you come up, <laughs> the whole entire place had been flattened, and you're like, oh man, you know. But you don't know while you're down under that bunker what's happening and whether or not everything's okay or not. No, and I think I think that's that's the uh, the the fork in the road for a lot of people where it gets to a point where when they feel they have to take action but the motivation then turns out to be uh, they're acting out of fear you know whether that being the vaccine passport or uh, you know the wrong wrong party being in charge or whatever whatever it may be and that's why I go back to saying we follow uh, following our intuition, but also to check our motivation. Why am I taking action? Is it because I'm afraid that things are going to move in one way or another, or is it because uh, you know I I hate the other side? You know, <laughs> it really depends on we. A lot of times we should take action, but what is the motivation? We have to show up with the right motivation. Otherwise we're just feeding in to the collective consciousness that has brought this situation about in the first place. So we need to show up as good role, role models, in my view anyway, that is a counterbalance to the negative forces in the uh, collective consciousness that will allow us to then move out and like barbie says bend reality because things can change uh, at the drop of a hat as long as the energy is there to allow it to happen and you know whether you're a doctor calling it a miracle or <laughs> you keep asking why, why, what did you do? I used my intuition and not believing it. You know, if you don't believe in miracles, the, they will never show up in your life, right? As well, Dahl said. Um, but uh, it's, it is challenging and it is one of those things that we need to all discover within ourselves how we can show up in these different situations with the right motivation following our intuition and just be the right energy right christopher yes nicole Hi. Go ahead. i think i think you raise a really good point and i just 
um, to sort of like to just state it out there again, because I think when you're talking about when there's a lot of resistance or different things, just by speaking your voice or your opinion, like you don't, no, no one can claim that's right or wrong. I mean, it is your own mm. voice. And I think just by stating it is one way of just showing up yet not creating more fuel to the fire, if you will. And I think you, you said that in some ways of just like, just saying your point, no one can really defect. And I think it's uh, worth repeating that because it is when you're not sure what to do, but just by stating what, how you feel, no one can refute that. And it mm -hmm. is just putting it out there. Yeah, and showing showing up with your authenticity, and as I said, if you show, whether you are protagonist or an antagonist in the uh, as part of the collective consciousness, you are both causing the same uh, trauma for the uh, humanity, if you like. So it's if you keep resisting, uh, you know, if you. Um, protagonist or antagonist you are still resisting because you are not driving towards the the idea of compassion or you know positive uh, energies um, and you're not showing up you're showing up out of fear you're not showing up out of uh, authenticity right and uh, and that's where you know once if you can trust your intuition and you can trust your feelings because you allow your feelings to actually happen, then you tap into your body, you tap into what you are and your authentic self. And then that way you communicate better with, with yourself as it were. And that will then give you a, more of a direct link and a direct channel to, uh, to your higher self, your guides, and your intuition. Uh, how would you say that that might apply to the world where we sit today as far as coronavirus? Do you think that that's going to have a direct impact on the planet as a whole? Well, of course it does. It's um, anything that's fed into the collective consciousness um, has an impact. And that's why I always say that you know we all need to show up authentically as role models and that's the only thing we can do and how we you know the thoughts and the words and the actions we take or we have will then dictate how we feed into the the uh, collective consciousness as i said in the beginning you can sit sit your ass down on uh, on the sofa and do nothing that doesn't mean that you are not going to evolve and move forward because the world around you and the collective consciousness is moving forward. It's evolving and it's changing. So um, it's knowing how you should feed into it that is going to be the change. Like the saying goes, be the change you want to see. I think it's also when you know what your preferences are, et cetera, et cetera, and then you also work with your guides, et cetera, you also get to a point of where you also start to, to attract those things that you're totally happy about. So for example, in the last year, all the people that I've surrounded myself with in personal growth since last March, they haven't been talking about, you know, death and destruction and, and how many people and all the, the, they weren't looking at the tickers. They weren't looking at news. They weren't looking at any of that stuff. They were completely focused on, okay, 
well, yes, all of this on this other side sucks, but by the same token, I'm going to focus on this. And so in a sense, it's like, I feel like a lot of people in personal growth have already in that bending reality concept, we've almost created parallel universes of where we're focusing on what we want to attract and what we want to create. And because a lot of us are doing that on the planet and we're waking up, it's becoming this beautiful, almost like a, a side road to all of the negativity that's down the main road. And because we're on a parallel journey, it's all of this light and all this beautiful energy that we're all putting towards creating this beautiful vision for ourselves and others. I think in a lot of ways that completely shifts things as well, because we're not falling into that trap of all of the, the doom and gloom and everything else. We're just asking, okay, well, how can I be of service? And I really love the fact that, you know, the Dalai Lama talks about like my religion is kindness. That's a beautiful mm -hmm. quote in the sense of where if we're focusing on kindness and we're focusing on how we can be of service to people, then there's no resistance to any of that because all you're doing is focusing on the, the highest vibration that's available to you in any moment. So, so that's, that's the part too of where that I think is really, really helpful to be able to always keep in mind. And then I find that that means that then your guides and your intuition will start to give you all this juicy, amazing, phenomenal, awesome stuff. And then the happier that I get with it, the more that I can multiply that. And then I can also, you know, send that out in my talks and the other people that I do coaching with and the people that I communicate with. It's like, we all also can become very contagious in a positive way of up-leveling that frequency. And it's like David Hawkins talks about in power versus force. Your vibe can affect 750,000 people wherever you are in whatever little village that you are. And you holding that space and being that lighthouse and holding that beam of energy in your little area, wherever you are in the world, you can affect that change. And if you always know that you have that ability to do that, the more that you clear yourself, the more your low vibes get like taken out of your body, et cetera, the more you can aspire to be that gorgeous beaming light to inspire other people around you. Very well said, Barbie. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And uh, it is so true that you're going to have people around you that are going to ask you to take, take a stance, you know, are you for against vaccines? You know, are you, what's your view on this? And if it's not something that you can, my, my, the way I look at it is if it's something I can't control immediately or rather with my words and my thoughts and my actions, then it's not something I need to really engage with unless my intuition says, now you need to deal with this because now you have an option or now you have to make a choice. So for example, if, uh, you know, say it becomes nationally mandated to take the vaccine, then I have to make a choice, right? Am I going to be of uh, civil disobedience or am I going to be a uh, good little citizen and uh, take the vaccine? Now, I'm not saying I'm for or against either way. I'm just using that as an example. So it, it's, um, you know, at what point do we end up having to take action? and make sure that it is right action. Nothing, no one said it was easy. It's, uh, it is a challenging uh, experience for everybody. And it's, uh, you know, life is uh, filled with uh, suffering. And uh, when we realize that, then we can approach suffering from a point of view of compassion. And then uh, suffering becomes uh, less so. 
So I want to thank everybody for joining in and uh, having this wonderful discussion. I think uh, it was uh, really high vibrational today, so I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Okay, so resistance. Trusting our intuition and knowing when to take action and when not to take action. And uh, also knowing when we, what we can and what we can't control. Understanding what motivates you and uh, what the feelings inside your body says. So, you know, do I need to really move on this or should I just hang back and uh, allow things to evolve and move on quite naturally? So it's all part of the journey, isn't it? But I hope you were able to glean some uh, good tips and uh, tools from this uh, chat we had with everybody. As I mentioned before, if you are keen to explore this topic of resistance as it uh, pertains to yourself, then uh, please do get in contact with us through thealchemyexperience.co.uk um, to claim your free 30-minute consultation with us to see if uh, we are the right place for you to hang around and work with and uh, explore our workshops. Also on our website you will be able to find meditations and uh, our writings. We have an extensive blog on these different topics. But for now we uh, wish you all the best and uh, hope to see you soon again. Bye for now.